0: This episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast features Callum Leslie of Spearhead Whiskey. Haven't heard of Spearhead Whiskey? Listen to this episode and learn about this tremendous scotch whiskey. Be sure to reach out to Callum and Spearhead and let them know what you thought about the podcast. Cheers! You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guests. He's Callum Leslie. I'm Rich Sheen. This is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Callum, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Rich, how are you doing? Delighted to be here.
0: Well, I mean, we haven't seen each other since Bar Convent, Brooklyn, and we came across this booth with Spearhead. And this whiskey just created this wonderful experience. And then meeting you and learning about Spearhead, it just elevated the experience for us. For those that have not heard of Spearhead, Spearhead whiskey, what is it?
1: Yeah, so Spearhead whiskey in a nutshell is 100% malted barley single grain. We distill in a coffee style still, uh, we mature next bourbon, and then we finish in infrared toasted virgin American oak to get a spirit that's sweet, light, and super approachable for a Scotch whiskey. All right. Now, you said something key that I really honed
0: in on, infrared virgin oak. Now, yeah. that's a, that sounds like this very technical process of what you're doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're the only people in Scotch to use infrared toasting. Um, I believe it's used in the US in the wine industry, um, and it's used in some spirits. So I think makers use it for Makers 46. Um, but essentially what it allows us to do is pinpoint finer characteristics in the woods. So when those sugars caramelize, you get this real level of like velvety sweetness. It varies from traditional toast where you get more of a nutty style of sweetness. So actually what we do when we finish Spearhead is we use... infrared toasting with two different toast profiles that are chosen to optimize that sweetness level. We use 70% traditional toast, again, with another two different toast profiles. And then to make things even more complex from the entire batch, 50% is finished in first fill for three months and 50% is finished in second fill for six months. And then we vat the two together. So it's quite a long, complex finishing process, but it just gives us that level of sweetness that we were really looking for.
0: How did this idea to do this come about? As you said, you may be the only Scotch distillery doing this right now. What was the impetus for trying this and creating this wonderful spirit that you're making?
1: Sure, yeah. So I I joined Locklum end of 2019. Um, I came in as, as head of innovation, and I was really tasked with looking at the portfolio that we have and kind of working out what's next from a brand point of view. Um, so, you know, if you look at Loch Lomond Group's portfolio, we've been around for a couple hundred years. Um, we've got Loch Lomond, um, as a single malt, which is that credible challenger to the Glens. We've got another phenomenal single malt brand called Glen Scotia, which is like a malt whiskey explorer brand. We got various different blended brands. Um, that they're high volume, lower value. And for me, the one thing that was missing was that recruitment style of Scotch whiskey. You know, as we all know, Scotch can be a little bit more difficult to get into. So I wanted to create a whiskey that really brought more people into the category. I started looking at, you know, who who could we recruit? That was like Irish whiskey drinkers where the, the whiskey is a little bit lighter than Scotch or, or smoother. Um, American whiskey or, you know, specifically bourbon, where it's a little bit sweeter. Um, So with that in mind, we looked at the tools and capabilities that we have at the distillery, starting with 100% malted barley. We then use a 92-hour fermentation process to get all those super fruity characteristics coming through. And at this stage, it's the exact same as all our other different single malts, but there it varies where we distill in a coffee style still so a coffee style still is continuous and you get that element of lightness that's similar to irish whiskey but at that stage you can no longer call it single malt because it's distilled continuously and not in batches Um, but it, it opens up a whole load of other opportunities like different grain types and quality within single grain Um, So definitely the right call to get that lightness. We then mature it next Bourbon um, and we finish it the way that we've just talked about to get that level of sweetness. So it really is designed to be that sweet, light, approachable style of whiskey that gets more people into the category.
0: Pardon the interruption. Thank you so much for listening to Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Could you do us a favor? Hit that follow button. It makes it easier for others to find us, and it helps us climb in the rankings. Take a screenshot of the podcast, post it, tag us, and let everyone know that you listen to the Fermented Adventure Podcast. Now, back to our podcast. You know, you talk about, and you've said it a number of times, sweet, light, and approachable. People think of scotch whiskey and the history and the romance of it But what is it in your industry right now where you feel that you need to create something to draw or to develop a new consumer?
1: Yeah, I think I mean there's so many pros to Scotch whiskey as a whole. I mean, you know, arguably one of the best um, categories or products in the world to to market Scotland and and just that that appeal. And you know, it's got that romantic look and feel about about whiskey. Um, but I, I think you know all the positives of tradition also bring some negatives because there's so many rules about how you can drink Scotch whiskey. Right, you know, drink it neat. It can't be mixed with anything. You can maybe add a little bit of water. Um, and what that's done is um, it's kind of put off a new audience of people coming into the category because they feel that they can't mix it or they can't enjoy it in different ways. So with Spearhead, we, we you know, we talk about being the whiskey that does things differently. Everything from the inputs that we just talked about with the, the malted barley, the coffee still, the uh, infrared barrels, through to the output of the style of liquid, the drink strategy, which I'm sure we'll talk about, to where you discover it is different. So... I feel that, you know, us as a brand and as a category, just needed that that little bit of thinking outside the box to do things differently, to try and draw more people in. See, this is why we had that Bar Convent experience together. And
0: we're outside and there's there's a ton of people coming in and out of your booth. And a lot of them had that same, you know, look on their face that we probably did when we approached you. You know, what is Spearhead? How come I haven't heard of this before? What's going on? And, you know, you really talk about that, Innovative idea or that innovative personality
1: for you, what was your bar convent experience like? You know, so I've i um, I'd been to Ber- um, Berlin, uh, so BCB in Berlin, um, out there. I've been to a ton of spirits uh, festivals around the world. Um, I thought, you know, uh, in Brooklyn specifically, the, the level of energy that people brought when they came to the booth was that next level. Um, it was super cool to experience. I think the majority of people who approached our booth were excited to try something different, and they had an open mind, which I think was super important. So, um, for me, it was it was a great couple of days where we could really showcase the best of what we can do with the liquids. Um, we had our, our kind of wheel of fortune where people could get different items of merch, which was awesome. Uh, the serves that we had, we we had a spritzer style of serve, so it fit the occasion and and the weather, which is a lot different from Scotland, right? So it's cold and rainy all year round here, um, so that that fit well as well. But it was the, the thing that really kind of blew me away was just that that level of excitement and uh, that open mindedness that people brought to uh you know bar convent and also just the, the activations um after the the daily sessions were cool so we went along to a couple of the the grants activations which were great so it was, it was really cool to see that and experience that over in brooklyn
0: you come to this from your own experience of whiskey
1: talk about how you really got into whiskey or, or how it became something that was interesting for you Sure. So I um, grew up in Scotland. Um, I've been around whiskey pretty much. That my explains
0: whole the accent. <laughs> that really does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh, I took a little bit of a different path into the world of whiskey, actually. I, um, I studied law at school. Um, and uh, the, the third year uh, of law school, I spent in Austin, Texas. Um, so over there, I took a class called Law, Business and Innovation. Uh, and the professor that ran that was Adam Dell. So the brother of Michael Dell from Dell Computing. Um, and I became obsessed with, um, you know, the, the idea of, of running my own business. I, I'd sort of, with this guest that came in every week, I'd kind of ask a bunch of questions. I thought, okay, when I go back to Scotland, I'd, I'd like to run my own thing. Um, so I got back to Scotland and graduated. I set up a technology business, actually, at the time. So this was 2012. Um, it was at the point where Instagram had just been sold to, to Facebook. And Snapchat was on the rise. We had a, a creative decision-making tool that we launched that ended up getting back by Microsoft. I moved down to London, and um, we did Dragons Den, which is the UK equivalent of Shark Tank. We were in a Hollywood movie, so I, I kind of got that that um, understanding of how to build a business. I moved back up to Scotland, and we ended up selling that off to um, a development company. And I was I was working out what to do next, um, and I took a little bit of a break on the the Isle of Mull. So my dad and I went along to uh, Tobermory Distillery. Um, and at that point, I'd been around whiskey, but wasn't really, you know, I never really got into it properly. So we went around the distillery and um, we sat down and in the end, they did a tasting and they had two, two sort of flagship products that they put in front of us. Um, one was Tobermory 10-year-old and the second one was Lecheg, their peated version. I tried the 10-year-old, it was like, ah, still tastes like whiskey, not quite into that yet. And I tried the Lecheg and I was blown away. I thought that that's exactly the style of whiskey that I could get into. So I went from Le Chague to Laphroaig, Lagavulin, Talisker, anything peated was, was my kind of game at the start. Um, then started to migrate into Speyside, some Lowlands. I set up a whiskey subscription company, really just for educational purposes to, to start buying whiskey and sending it out to people. Um, and one thing materialized into another where I had a concept for my own whiskey brand. Um, and fortunately for me, a friend of mine had just sold his tech company uh, to PayPal at the time, was looking to fund um, other startups. So he ended up backing my whiskey company. I grew up for three years, was chatting to the guys at Loch Lomond Group, and they said, hey, how would you you know fancy coming in and joining us and helping us build out some of our brands? And, and that was the kind of step into theirs. So a little bit of a, a different path into, into Scotch whiskey, but um, it, it's been a fun journey so far. What is it? You mentioned
0: the peeniness of the whiskey. And, you know, you're in an environment where – Whiskey's whiskey. I mean, it's it's almost it, it, look. It's water of life, right? Yeah. It's there every day. But it sounds like it wasn't something as a family that you know it was a cultural thing. It's it's in your world, but it doesn't. It wasn't like something that really hooked it in until later.
1: Mm, yeah, for sure. Do you know? I think I think what it is is um, everyone in Scotland seems to have that sort of uh, experience when you're younger where, um, you know, you you steal the the bottle of blended or single malt from your dad's cupboards. Um, you probably drink a little bit too much of it and you put off for a little bit. So that definitely happens to, I think, every kid in Scotland at some point. So I was kind of put off um, the smell and the notion of whiskey a little bit. And I think, to be honest, what it was is it was because petered whiskey didn't taste like you know, a, a kind of your average blended whiskey or um, a Speyside or a Lowland. And it was that flavor profile that kind of hooked me and brought me into the world. So, I think I I did it differently from most people. Where you know you normally certainly, if I was given advice to someone to get into the world of Scotch, I'd start with you know something like an easy lowland, something quite grassy, and um you know with with not much weight or or certainly non peated Maybe move into some of the space sides where you've got a lot more uh you know rich characteristics coming through. You've you've got that. Uh, wine barrel finish, or you know, port or sherry, um, and then into the Isle of Whiskies. But I kind of did it backwards, and I think it was just based on that experience when I was younger. I just I wanted something different, and hey, it worked because now I'm hooked. <laughs> it,
0: it, it's like that curveball that never breaks, but hits the plate anyway. And uh, sure. you know, baseball reference for us. I've been nosing this, and what I've really enjoyed is I, I didn't open the bottle until I wanted to wait until we yeah. we sat down to speak. I. It's bringing me back to that first experience that we had together, and there's so much citrus on the nose, so much um, floral on the nose. There's mm-hmm. a there's a spicy component to this. Now, this is what, for all intents and purposes, this is your baby. As mm-hmm. as you kind of go through, and and I haven't you know done a tasting yet right now, but just the nose. What what is it after all the experience? And, and this is really something as a, as a flagship for you. What is it you're searching for that you want to have for, you know, you want that customer, that drinker to have that experience through just enjoying spearhead?
1: Yeah, sure. So I, I think um I think certainly when we look at characteristics. Um, this, this is non-traditional. So on the nose for me, I certainly, I, I get a lot of those floral notes as well. Um, Certainly some kind of citrus punch. Um, there's that background of of dark fruits almost. But for me, you know, instantly the first time I nosed the spearhead, I almost got bourbon characteristics. So it's like the fresh cut wood, a little bit of vanilla. Um, and it, it just instantly screamed out that this is a whiskey that's different and a little bit more approachable. Um, I think that's kind of carried through on the palate. So you get that sweetness that comes through and really it just is designed to be that easy going. So the experience we want anyone to have with Spearhead and everyone to have is, A, you know, drink it the way you want. You don't have to consume it neat. Um, we, we've got a bunch of different serves that um, we recommend you you mix up Spearhead in different styles that are based on occasion and, and out with that certain styles are neat, but it's super important that everyone approaches it in their own way um, and that they feel that they can play around with Spearhead a little bit if they want to do that.
0: What really comes out, and what I'm thinking about as I'm tasting this, I'm just wondering as you're speaking about the character of the nose and the experience you want people to have, wanting to just tour with you the distillery and getting a sense of what this liquid tastes like before it hits those infrared. That infrared system that you, sent, you set up to see how that yeah. changes the characteristic of the whiskey. And I'm sure as you've done and developed and tasted that, it, it's, it's been fascinating for you to see how that imparts the, the, the vanillins and the, the toastiness in, into what this
1: becomes. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, Loch Lomond as a distillery um, is known to be a, a super innovative distillery. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we've been around for like 200 years. Um, the current site was built in 1965 and we introduced something called straight neck pot stills. It was actually a really enterprising American a guy called Duncan Thomas who owned Loch Lomond at that point, And he created the straight neck pot still. Um, so it's kind of similar to a traditional pot still, but it's got a rectifying column on the top. Uh, And what that does is it allows us to take the spirit off at different cut points. So we've got got a narrow cut, which is 90 down to 80 ABV, taking it off the receiver at 85. We've then got the wide cut, which is 80 down to 55 off the receiver at 65. And so we get a huge amount of flavor in all our individual spirits. Um, Partner that with the fact that we've got an extended fermentation time of 92 hours. We produce 11 different styles of malt whiskey at Loch Group Distillery, which is unique because when you look at the majority of distilleries in Scotland, they produce two, peated and unpeated. So for me with Spearhead, um, although we're not using that straight neck pot still, the Kofi still is a super innovative still that no one else in Scotland has either. That continuous distillation and um, it was really important that Spearhead had its own character and could stand out in a portfolio with so many strong individual whiskies. So before it hits those barrels, you get the fruit character so certainly those dark fruits i think you get the the blackcurrant the cranberry maybe um, but you don't get nearly as much of the sweetness, and it's that real level of sweetness that those infrared barrels are imparting. So I think on the palate, um, you get it's almost like vanilla fudge or like brown sugar. And then when you when you um, swallow, the finish on the whiskey is that like melted brown sugar. It's just all day long. It's you know it's a long finish, and it just keeps evolving with sweetness, which I think is is perfect. I am so glad I'm tasting while you're explaining because. <laughs> it's
0: almost as if you're standing over my shoulder while we're looking at a map on how we want to get from one place to another. And you're pointing out, Hey, we're going to stop here. And then we're going to go here. And as you're talking about some of those tasting notes that start to come into this whiskey, I'm like, Oh yeah, we arrived here. That's pretty cool. (laughs) My first experience today, when you nose this, I I get a thinner nose. There's not a high amount of ethanol in here. It's not a high proof whiskey. It's very approachable. My mind says it's going to be a thinner mouthfeel. And the first thing that really you get is a wonderful experience is there's a tremendous amount of viscosity here. It coats your whole tongue. It allows you to, you know, the, the whiskey to hit different places on your mouth, which then gives you the ability to take that journey to those different flavor places that Spearhead provides?
1: For sure, yeah, absolutely. Um and you know we we bottled it at, at 43, um, at 86 proof. Um, because the conversation around ABV was was one that we pondered for a while. Um, we do everything at Loch Lomond um, based on flavor. Um, our single malts are um, 46%, unless they're multiple retail, where we bump it down to 40 ABV. Um, but with Spearhead, um, it's positioned at being a, a bartender's whiskey, right? We, we want to we introduce, and we have introduced that into the on-trade with a focus on the on trades. Putting Spearhead at 40% would have been the easy choice to make as the entry-level style of whiskey, but we wanted a a scotch that stood out more in in cocktails. So bumping that up just by 3% makes a huge difference. Um, And I think that really comes through in the mouthfeel as well. It's it's got that real weight of character that, you know, definitely approachable, but it's doing a lot in there with that that vanilla, light brown sugar, the the apple notes, a touch of citrus and a little bit floral notes that, that really give you a whiskey that is truly special.
0: I also believe, from my experience, if you don't like peat, this is a good entry point to see the value that peat brings to a scotch. If you do like peat, it satisfies your desire to have those smoky notes that come out. And I think that what's imparted in the wood, the tannins, you you get that wonderful... You know you're drinking something that really had that, that bourbon... In there, those those characteristics do get imparted here. But like I said, it's it's such a wonderful journey to satisfy a number of people that are all right. I've, I've had this. I've had the fifteen, the twenty, the thirty. Um, I'm I'm just looking for that you know longevity of, of 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 something that was into a barrel. But then this comes along, and th- this whole innovation thing. It almost appears that you guys are the rebels on the block, (laughs) you know, it's almost like, you know, all right, what happens if we, you know, just take this and we put, you know, like this, you know, 500, you know, horsepower engine into this little tiny mini, right. And see what the car can do. That seems to be what you're doing with spearhead. What is the receiving, you know, what have you received? What, what's the, you know, the, the response been in Scotland, first of all, to what you're bringing to the table
1: do you know i always say the hardest place in the world to sell scotch is scotland it's uh you know it's a competitive market um it's difficult um and you know being the home market it's a market that we have to invest in and do invest in heavily through activations and a bunch of stuff that we do um in Scotland, um, some of my favourite places to drink spearhead, places like Nauticus, it's down in Leith in Edinburgh, where it's a modernised Scotch bar. So you get that old school kind of pub feel. But at the same time, they do world class cocktails and you can drink spearhead um, as we call it a spear and a beer. Just we pair it up. Right. So it's basically a half a spearhead and a half a lager. Um, or you can experience it in a clover club, which is um, you know, a pink, fluffy, unexpected style of drink that's just so different from anything within the world of scotch. So I think in Scotland, you know, bartenders have really picked up and start to run with it. Another venue is called Hoot the Redeemer, where they put it in slushies. So, you know, putting scotch in in, in slushies is something I don't think they've done before. But because the character and nature is spearhead, they could run with that. So um, Scotland was definitely and still remains to be a, a tough market to crack. Um, internationally, the, the response has been phenomenal. Um, you know, Europe, markets like Poland, uh, I was out in Poland a couple of weeks ago, we were at a bar show called Better Bar Show. And just the, the, the excitement for new products, um, especially in the world of Scotch, was amazing to see actually. Um, I, I put that on the same level as as the States. Um, coming over to, to Brooklyn, that trip I did New York, um, I did California, we did LA and Vegas for the uh, San Francisco um, Spirits Competition. Um, and it, it was just awesome just to to get the product out there and see how people were reacting with it. So um, Scotland first, and and then the rest of the world. We're now twenty six countries around the world and growing five states in the US. So it's taken some time, but we'll get there.
0: You said something very interesting to me that has created a lot of just thought and a question. We interviewed Ghost Eye Systems, Ghost Eye System, and similar to what you're doing it seems like you're introducing a product to the bartenders first. You want to take care of the bartenders. And is that the philosophy that word of mouth will come from what bartenders create, bartenders excite, bartenders innovate to the public versus a lot of brands that want to introduce to the public first? And is that part of just you know, let's. You know, this 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 is what I do. You know, this is this, this is you know, Callum. This is you know, you're you're on the Dragon's Den. This is the innovation side. Is this a mindset also that you find that if you direct yourselves to the bartenders, that the consumer will come?
1: Absolutely. I you know the the approach that we we've taken with Spearhead from day one is let's focus almost exclusively on the on trades and and the off trade will come. I, I think. You know, if you look at, at spirits brands, great spirits brands, they were built in the on-trade first. It's getting the back into of the bartender. The bar the bartender is super important. Well, you know, one of the most important stakeholders to us is showcasing spearhead to the bartender and, and getting them to understand what we're doing and hopefully start to play around and fall in love with Spearhead. So important. Um, and actually, to the extent that if you look at how we design Spearhead, it's actually designed to live in the entrée. So right up the top, we've got this a three style lip. So bartenders can pick up and pour from a speed well. Right down the bottom, we've got this um, uh, Spearhead style. Punt. So when you put it on a back bar and actually here with the light coming in, the, the light just bounces around the inside of the bottle and almost kind of you know brings it to life. And, you know, couple that with the fact that um, it's in a bourbon shaped bottle. So, you know, this is not a traditional Scotch bottle. It's not tall and round. It's square. It's got the ribbing, the embossing, the retro Americana, almost look and feel on the front. So important for us in the entrée. And I think testament to that is what's happening in the UK at the moment. So bourbon over the last, I think it's three or four years, has exploded uh, in the UK. And that is down to the bartenders falling in love with bourbon in the UK. Um, and that, you know, I just I think that's just testament to it. if you win the bartenders, it goes a long way in in getting the messaging out and getting consumers to try it in different styles of cocktails. And then hopefully the on trade, the off trade, sorry, will follow. You talk
0: about, look, the bottle, the design. Again, you think of everything down to the minute detail, which makes this even more interesting. The name Spearhead, where where did that originate from?
1: Yeah, so so Spearhead, um, the, the sentiment of Spearhead is spearheading a movement. So with what I was trying to do with the liquid is, you know, it's thinking differently. It's the whiskey that does things differently, um, whether it's category and single grain or whether it's just getting American Irish whiskey drinkers into scotch or just anyone into scotch. I wanted to kind of spearhead that movement of a scotch that's really doing things differently. So I couldn't think of a better name than Spearhead. and And luckily enough for us, it was available. So we ran with it.
0: As I continue to enjoy our conversation and enjoy this, really, what's as this warms up, as the you know air hits it, there's such a wonderful brown sugar presence mm-hmm. now, a, a spiciness like um, just a baking spice, nutmeg and clove. You, you, you talk about look, you can drink this neat, you can add some ice as you know me may, maybe we want to do. You talked about a couple cocktails, and you talked about this being bartender friendly. Talk about more of an expansive side of of what's being created from Spearhead as you make this that industry desirable product that people now have
1: available that might be different from what they what they have to pour and make cocktails with. Sure, yeah. So if you if you look at the style and and when I was looking at serve strategy at the start, um, I wanted to move away from what would be traditional or obvious for a Scotch brand or even a whiskey brand, right? So going to your stir down and brown, whether it's your old fashioned Manhattan. Move away from that to the opposite end of the scale, and the opposite end of the scale is fun, unexpected, fruit-forward. So where we started was, as I mentioned before, a Clover Club. Right? You swap out the gin, swap in Spearhead. That sweeter style works really well. Um, when we when we launched this in the UK, um, we ran a couple of competitions with bartenders, uh, and instantly a ton of them started to pick out the exotic fruit note. And went straight to tiki. So you know, if you put this in, that's
0: what I was thinking. Holy right? cow! Oh my god, that's crazy! <laughs> like fruit juices and 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 exotic fruits, and that that's crazy. Because yeah, so, so put I'm it in drinking jungle, this, right? and it almost has some rum characteristic to it. And I know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, right now, Calum's got to have
1: some of this sitting in a rum barrel somewhere because the <laughs> way you innovate. We have some interesting stuff coming up. Let me share some of that with you in a minute. Hi, right, but talk about those cocktails. I don't mean to step
0: on you, but yeah. it's like, yeah. wow, you're like this is this is what I'm thinking right now too.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so if if you put that in a jungle bird, for example, just with that slight touch of Campari for the bitterness, man, it works so well. So You know, Tiki, we've seen a lot with competitions and, um, you know, down to, I don't know if you guys know Iron Brew. I think Scotland's the only market in the world where Iron Brew, which is a soda, a Scottish-based soda, sells more than Coca-Cola. So we had a ton of bartenders playing around with like, um, you know, they refined Iron Brew down um, and essentially made like a cordial and a Tiki take with Iron Brew, which is crazy um all the way through to like say a spritz style so um you know looking at a modifier like pech to bean peach based liqueur um a little bit of ginger ale, double dash of orange bitters some mint to to finish it and maybe a little bit of lemon juice for the summer i certainly you know, i'm biggest whiskey fan biggest scotch fan um i don't want to sit and drink scotch dram by dram in the summer when it's warm outside but if you put it in a spritz with that modifier you change the occasion and so you make scotch whiskey more drinkable in the summer, which you know is a great thing because scotch with the barbecue, you can't beat it. Um right the way down to, you know, your your classic highballs just with a little bit of soda. Um or we talked about the spear and beer. Spear and beer was really a way of me trying to work out um, you know, how do we encourage people to drink spearhead knee if they want to drink it neat and don't want to mix it. So it's that opposite end of the spectrum. Because I think a lot of the time when you know, when whiskey companies launch a new brand, they say it's 100% uh, malt whiskey made for mixing or, or something along those lines. And there's that perception that uh, maybe the whiskey is, you know, it can't be drank on its own because it's not as good and it has to be mixed. Actually, Spearhead, the, the liquid is phenomenal. So if people want to drink it neat, how, how do we recommend that? So if you partner that with a craft beer, whether it's a lager, an IPA, a stout, um, just literally, uh, you know, a 50 mil serve of Spearhead and a, a half pint or you know, 200, 300 mil um, of craft beer. It just works so well. And and it's got a catchy name with the spear and a beer, which works out to be a good bar call. (laughs) All
0: right. You you, you wet, you wetted our whistle. You, you, you tempted us. I mean, look, here's what I always find it. You've got this wonderful child that you gave birth to doing really well, getting straight A's, you know, everybody's like saying, this is going, this kid's going places, this spearhead. But then everybody wants to say, are you having another child? What you talked about innovation. So what is the future? What are some of those things? If you can talk about some of them that we can yeah. expect, you know, from Spearhead.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um the, the one frustrating thing with Scotch is you can't just make it and sell it, right? You can't just make it and bottle it. There's that aging maturation period. So um, a couple of years back, um, we started thinking about um, exploring different grains. And I mentioned before, you know, single grain um, is probably the biggest challenge we have um, outside being a new to world brand is that you know people often don't get what single grain means. And that's okay because we don't lead with category. Um, but what single grain allows us to do is play around with different grain types. It doesn't have to be 100% malted barley like single malt or like our first release. What that does do is it gives it a premium characteristic and actually within the world of single grain scotch allows us to sit in the most premium space where we're similar to say Nika coffee malt for example and less like a brand um, that is a scotch brand that's maybe 90% wheat and 10% malted barley but if you look at those grains and start to um, play around and explore grain there is not at the moment an accessible by price and um, quality of liquid rye scotch whiskey it's a huge character in in the states, right? With with rye whiskey, I'm a. Any I drink a Manhattan, I go straight for a rye whiskey. So I'm a big fan, um. And rye rye Manhattan's probably my favorite cocktail, um. So a, an accessible rye scotch. Watch out for that one in a couple of years. Um, we're playing around with uh, unmalted barley, which is kind of cool. Um, there's a concept for an Irish pot still style scotch whiskey where we use unmalted barley, oats, malted barley, potentially some rye. So there's a ton of stuff that we're starting to play around with, which goes further than just finishing, um, but actually plays around with with the the liquid from the point of distillation, which is something I think we do really well because at Loch we say 70% of the flavor comes from distillation, 30% from maturation. I think if you ask most distilleries, it's 30% distillation, and 70% maturation. So we kind of flipped that and tried to instill that or distill that, pardon the pun, at, at the start. Um, and and then that leads on to a whole load of maturation. So watch out for some interesting infrared toast profiles coming, and there's a ton of stuff. So it's going to be exciting. What is so much
0: fun and so exciting for me as a consumer is I become introduced to Spearhead and I become a fan. I get to share this, and we get to see we get we, we get to see what's next. I mean, you're building a brand, you're building a fan base. And you're satisfying the masses, and it sounds to me like you've you, you've literally got the keys to the whole candy store, and and nobody there at Loch Loman has said this is off limits. It, it really sounds like they're saying, "Hey, Callum, you have carte blanche, whatever you want to play with, go play with." And that's great for me as a consumer. Where do you know? We're in the states. Where do people find you in the United States to get a hold of these bottles and start to enjoy making cocktails, sipping meat,
1: introducing to friends? Sure. So, I and hey, just quickly that support Michael Henry, our master blender, absolute genius. So, I need to give a quick shout out to Michael. His name's on all the bottles, and he has been, you know, with Spearhead. Uh, we've got a couple of new twirl brands launching in um, blended malt, which is exciting. That's coming to the states as well. He's just a maverick genius. So, to work with the team at Lomond is is uh, is a joy each and every day. Um, in, in the states, um, you can get a bar cart. So. We are we're five states so far. So we just launched in June, um. But we are New York, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, and California so far. Um. So the focus for us is going to be just really making sure we get spearhead out in those states, um, and then look into the next states that we can start to add. But at the moment, I think the best bet is is Barcart.
0: I can't wait to come and see you directly in Scotland, see the distillery, Callum, and just look. Your energy is infectious. Your passion, you're you, like, I can see this is like, the, the, all the technology and the things that you did before led you to be able to share this passion, these talents with the world. And even, you know, I, I see you on the video screen, the, your whole facial expression just beams when you start to talk about whiskey. And I know that you said that you, you've got this trip coming up where you're going to be doing the bourbon trail, which you've, you've not done before. So you're, you're just going to be introduced to some things that might now find its way
1: into spearhead down the road as you become even more creative i I hope so i'm excited so i haven't done the bourbon trail before it's gonna be awesome we're spending a couple days in in nashville as well and i'm going back to see some uh, some friends in austin so it's been a long time since i've been to a longhorn football game but i'm excited to go back so it's gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe Matthew McConaughey will be there. I don't know, right? <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> this has
0: been awesome. We I wish we had more time, Callum. I know you have just so much going on for you. But is there anything you want the listeners to know about you or Spearhead before
1: we just say sadly goodbye? Hey, I'd just say if you're not a Scotch fan, um, start with Spearhead. Give it a go. Don't be Don't be afraid to play around a little bit um you know there's so much in the world of scotch i'm i'm a huge you know on the american side huge bourbon fan huge american whiskey fan in general i'm learning a ton i'm still learning in scotch so i would say you know just give it a go there's so much to learn and discover and enjoy so um yeah pick up a bottle and and play around this has been a treat for me introduced
0: to you in june couldn't wait to speak with you again Thank you so much for being a friend of Fermented Adventure. We can't wait to spend more time with you and uh, we'll follow your journeys on Instagram. And are there social medias that people should be looking out for you and Spearhead on?
1: Yeah, for sure. So Spearhead is just at Spearhead Whiskey, uh, whiskey without the E. And uh, I'm Callum L. Leslie on Instagram. So that's the best way to find me. Pretty easy to find. Callum, thanks again so
0: much for your time today. Thanks for sharing this and, and creating this wonderful spirit. Amazing, if yeah, it, it, find a way to pick this up because this is certainly something unlike anything you'll have. If you're if you're not a Scotch whiskey drinker, this'll, this will this this will turn you into one. If you are, this will make you you know, hey, you're on the right track. This is definitely something you want to have on your bar.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, Rich. It's been
0: an absolute pleasure.